Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. I want you to find your place if you have your Bibles with you in in three chapters, Proverbs 18, Matthew 12, and James 3. And we're going to look at passages in these particular chapters that are relevant to the message that we're going to share with you this morning. That's That would be uh, Proverbs chapter 18, Matthew 12, and James chapter 3. And a, a key passage for this message is found in Proverbs 18, verses 20 and 21. Proverbs 18, verses 20 and 21. And I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Let's look at the word. From the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Let's join our faith together as we pray. We also want to pray for America and pray uh, for this time as we celebrate our independence. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for the ministry of your word, and we're thankful for those who've come to hear and to receive from you. Father, we're thankful for this great nation that we were born in. Maybe we immigrated here. Maybe we've come, Father, to to share in the freedom that our founding fathers established. But Father, we pray for America, and we pray that you would strengthen this nation again, its leaders, its people, with a greater resolve to seek you first. Father, we thank you for the defeat of every principality and power, every attack that would come against this land. We pray for our president, Donald Trump, Vice President Mike Pence, and other leaders in the cabinet. Father, we pray for senators and congressmen, the Supreme Court justices, that you would give them wisdom to help and guide them, Father, in the decisions that they are making for our land. We pray, Father, that the people would continue to seek you in this nation, for the nation whose God is the Lord, you said in your word, is blessed. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you for your word as it goes forth this morning, that we would receive truth that can make an impact in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We need to realize that everything God created, he did it through speaking through words. He spoke it, and it came into existence. Now, one observation of this verse is that the tongue is very powerful, more powerful than maybe what you've realized. And see, it's, it's a create, there's a creative force in the words that we speak, and we've often just passed it off as a, that, that won't mean anything, that won't hurt anybody. But we're speaking words that are really hurtful and harmful in our lives to the point of even being destructive in our life and in the lives of others. And so I want to challenge you this morning to begin to be watchful and mindful of what comes out of your mouth and the impact that it's making. Is it producing life or is it producing death? Because the scripture is very clear that death and life are in the power of the tongue. 
That's a very powerful verse in the scripture that we see. Amen? And so, you know, how often, and I want to ask you this question, and, and I want to say it's great to have uh, Sherry here and, and her mom visiting from Florida. We were down there. We, we missed them. Kind of, maybe, who knows how that happened, but we did, but we're glad you're here. You had to come and see us. That's good. So we, we love you guys and appreciate you. So question, how often do we get in trouble because of something we have said? How many would admit I've gotten in trouble for what I've said? Okay. And sometimes you might get in trouble for telling a lie. Sometimes you might get in trouble for telling the truth. But we've all gotten in trouble because of words that we have said. Because the words that we speak are literally a matter of life and death. Yet many are simply not aware of the power and the potential of what we speak out of our mouth, the power of the tongue. Proverbs 12, 23, you can jot that down. The Good News Translation, I'm going to share this in a couple of translations. It says, if you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. Yeah, I like that. It's a Good News Translation. You want to stay out of trouble? Yeah, that's me. Then I need to be careful what I say. Sometimes we speak too soon. Don't speak your mind. Don't give you two cents. You keep giving you two cents and, and you won't have anything left up there, okay? Uh, the, that's right. People are, I got me put my two cents in here. Well, you keep doing that. You can run on money. So Proverbs 12, 23 in the New Living Translations says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. See, even in our Constitution, you have the right to remain silent. You have that right. Some of us don't exercise that right very often. You know? But sometimes being silent and shutting your mouth is the best thing you can do. Because if you open your mouth, you're going to probably dig yourself deeper. You're going to get yourself in trouble. And you're going to make a bigger mess of things. Sometimes it's just better to wait, sit back, and to analyze the situation, to think through what you're going to say, and then say it, Okay. We must consider what effect our words are having upon our life and upon the lives of those around us. See, negative words have the potential to cause great harm. It really does. And if we don't respond to those negative words that are spoken to us, uh, you know, we, we need to respond to something. We need to respond to the truth of the word because, you know, growing up, um, and I don't want to get ahead of myself here too much, but I was taught this saying, and maybe some of you can relate to this saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Have you ever heard that one? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of, I don't know, but my mom taught me that, the teachers in class taught me that. But you know what? I really believe that, and I can remember being on the playground and being teased because as a young student, I was not very athletic, you could probably tell that, right? <laughs> and I was very thin, skinny. I used to uh, think it was a curse to be thin. I don't think that way anymore. But, <laughs> but it's like people say, don't turn sideways because we won't be able to see you. What? And then, Or they'd say, they would make all these comments. I was a weakling and skinny malink. That was one I, that seems to stick in my memory. And I'd be called these names, and I would say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know, I, I wanted to believe that, but yet I was still hurting on the inside. 
And so just by saying that, you know, was my antidote to try to deal with the pain of hurtful words. And really, you know, it's a good saying, but it's not true. Because, you know, words can cause great harm and devastation in a person's life. In Isaiah 47, or 57, 17, Isaiah 50, I'll, see, I'll get it right. Isaiah 54, 17. Turn to your neighbor and say it's Isaiah 54, okay? It says, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. And you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and the vindication from me, declares the Lord. Sometime later in life, when I came across this passage, I realized that this is the antidote that I need to embrace when words spoken against me are hurtful and harmful or derogatory. Knowing that those words are weapons designed to bring harm, but they won't have an impact upon me because I have this heritage in the Lord. I have an identity with Christ. And that's what we need to seek. That's what we need to find and discover. Because we, you see, in our nation today, there's an identity crisis. And now it has transposed into the gender issue. People have questions about who they are, their identity. But I believe that when we seek the word of God, when we seek the truth of the word of God, we will find our true identity. We really will. We will find our true identity. And so uh, that's why I always challenge you. If you want to find out who you are, look to the word because we find who we are in Christ Jesus in that relationship with him. Now, now obviously we shouldn't let certain words spoken about us bother us. Sometimes we should just brush it off. I'm not going to let that get to me. And we need to determine not to receive hurtful words, especially when they're false or inconsistent with God's word. The problem is we often believe that the false and hurtful words are true. They begin to impact our self-image in a negative way. See, negative words have the potential to cause great harm if we don't respond to them properly. Now, one morning in prayer, and I like to spend time in prayer, and it's a two-way dialogue. Some people pray, they just say all that they need to say, and they leave. But I like to wait on God and listen for his voice. And one morning while in prayer, the Lord spoke this to me. And I'm sharing this with you. And I think I shared that prayer some time ago. But it's don't ever say anything about yourself that God wouldn't say about you. Don't ever say anything about yourself that God wouldn't say about you. Because sometimes we're saying things about us that God would never say, and are not consistent with his word. And they're, they're not about who we are. And, and there's, a, there's another element to this. Don't say anything about someone else that God wouldn't say about them. So not only to you, directed towards you, but to others. And, and so and it's important to realize that words connect us to God, and words connect us to each other. Okay, just mark, mark that down if you're taking notes. See, we need to understand that the value of words and the power of the tongue is very significant. The value of words and the power of the tongue is very significant. And so I have three points 
You can take these down. If you, if you take notes, write this down. Number one, the words we speak are a reflection of what's in our heart. The words we speak are a reflection of what's in our heart. See, the, the mind has a lot to do with choosing words. Really, we think things through, we process things. But how we use words is usually a reflection of what's going on inside of our heart. And we can't hold back from what's happening in our mouth. It will come out of our mouth if it's working in our heart. So your words, are your words negative and destructive or are they positive or life-giving? That's what we need to ask. We need to maybe record ourselves and then listen to it. And we need to determine how much of what we're saying is negative. My dad used to say this to me. If you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. How many of you were taught that? If you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. And so I think that's some good wisdom coming from my dad anyway, and maybe a lot of your other dads and moms around here. Now, in Matthew 24, and let's look at this. If you find Matthew 24, if you have your place there already, look at verse 34. Because, you know, how often do we get in trouble because of something we have said? The words, again, that we speak are a matter of life and death. In verse 34 of Matthew 12, it says, You brood of vipers. Jesus is addressing the Pharisees. And he said, How can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So Jesus makes that claim and, and, and brings that to, to focus that whatever is in our heart in abundance, that is what will come out of our mouth. The, out of the abundance of our heart, the mouth speaks. That's why if, if you're filling your heart with a bunch of junk, a bunch of junk will come out. It's like a computer. What you put in will come out. But if you are filling your heart with the word of God, guess what's going to start coming out of your mouth? So time spent in the word of God, reading, studying the scriptures on a daily basis will begin to be evidenced in what you speak and what comes out of your mouth. You can't spend time in the word without it affecting what you say. So just take that to heart, if you would. And so that's, that's why we need to be careful with our words and, and, and not speak or carelessly because uh, there's, there's challenges and issues that we're going to be confronted with. In Matthew 12, verse 36, dropping down a couple verses, Jesus makes this statement. He said, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by... Your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. So there's a, an accounting day coming. That's why we need to be careful with our words and not speak carelessly, right? Now, it's, it's interesting to note that we're going to be judged by the very words we speak. That's pretty sobering. Our words will either bring justification or condemnation. Words that are spoken in faith, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, brings us into right relationship, see, resulting in salvation, forgiveness of sins. So the words we speak when we confess Jesus as Lord, those are words that will justify us when we stand before God and face judgment. And so that's all important to understand. Now, there are acceptable words. I want to talk a moment about acceptable words before we move to the next point. In Psalms 19.14, and, and this is going to be my challenge in, in, in prayer for us all. Psalms 19.14 says, Let the words of my mouth 
and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Yeah, Lord, that's our prayer. Let my words be acceptable. See, I want to speak acceptable words, not words that are going to destroy people's lives, not words that are going to misrepresent Jesus and misrepresent who I am in Christ. See, words flow from the heart, not from the mouth. In, in Luke 6, 45, the scripture reads, The good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth what is good. And the evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, brings forth what is evil. For his heart speaks from that which fills, or his mouth speaks that which fills his heart. Wow. See, that kind of parallels with what we see in Matthew. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And here we see that the mouth speaks from that which fills the heart. So this verse reveals the importance of what we put in our heart. Amen? Now, I want to share this. Whatever we fill our heart with will ultimately dominate our speech. It really will. The mind has a lot to do with choosing words, but again, and I want to say this again and get it across, but how we use words is usually a reflection of what's going on in our heart. See, if our heart is bitter and angry, our words will most likely be bitter and angry as well. If we're full of insecurity, we are more inclined to tear others down with our words to make ourselves feel better. Isn't that the truth? But if our heart is full of goodness and godly thoughts, our words will reflect it. Heart knowledge of God's word is critical for right speaking. Number two, the quality of your life is dependent upon the words that you speak. The quality of your life is dependent upon the words that you speak. Look at, me, at uh, 1 Peter 3.10 with me. 1 Peter 3.10 says, For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. That's the English Standard Version. God's Word translation reads a little different. It reads, People who want to live a full life and enjoy good days must keep their tongues from saying evil things and their lips from speaking deceitful things. Now, something that's really important, and if you don't get anything else out of this message, I, I believe you need to hear this. What is evil speaking? Because a lot of times we regulate or think evil speaking is nothing more than dirty talk, derogatory speech, uh, demeaning idioms, foul language, and cursing. And that's my short list, okay? We, we regulate it to just those things. Yeah, if you curse, if you swerve, if you're speaking demeaning, if you're speaking negatively. However, evil speaking goes far beyond my short list. Because evil speaking is speaking anything that is contrary to God's word. Okay? Now, this, this is pretty serious because, you know, we speak contrary to the word more than we would like to admit. Now, you might say, well, I don't know what God's word says, so, you know, I'm exempt. No, you're not. You need to find out what God's word says so you're not speaking contrary to it, okay? So, Evil speaking is anything that contradicts God's word, causes doubt, incites worry and fear, feeds on belief. Evil speaking distorts the truth, 
fosters rebellion, misrepresents, slanders, falsely accuses, gossips, and is anything that perpetrates a lie. That's all evil speaking. And the most unrecognized evil speaking is this thing called complaining. Oh, and this is where people fail to recognize they're speaking evil because they're world-class complainers. They're complaining all the time. Now, all you have to do is, is follow the children of Israel in the wilderness, and you'll find out what caused destruction, what caused delays, what caused death in the wilderness was their complaining. Their complaining got the best of them. Philippians 2.14 says, Do all things without complaining or disputing. Complaining is not even an option for the believer. If we really want, really want to be honest about it, it's not an option. Numbers 11.1, 1, this is in reference to the children of Israel. The first part of the verse says, Now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. For the Lord heard it. He hears your complaints. Now, you know, what does it mean to complain? It, it means to really have your focus on the wrong things. Because God has provided answers for every challenge that we're facing and anything we're dealing with. And so help or allow the Holy Spirit to help you recognize when you begin to complain. Some time ago I did that. I thought I wasn't a complainer, but I realized I was. I'd walk into a room and I would look at what was wrong instead of what was right. And I began to complain about things, complain about the weather, complain about this or that or something else. I mean, you, you can make your own list of what you complain about and then commit not to do it anymore. Point number three, we, we need to bring this to a close here. Our tongue sets the course of our life. Our tongue sets the course of our life. Now, the first verses of, of James chapter 3, and, and, and I, I want to give you an assignment. Read that chapter and really study that chapter because it's really addressing this issue of words. And the first part of James chapter 3 talks about a, a ship that has a rudder that directs the whole ship. And I understand that an aircraft carrier, if you've ever seen one of those, it's probably one of the biggest ships that is built. There's thousands of people on that ship. Planes can take off and land on that ship. It's huge. It's a city on water. The rudder of that ship is six feet square. Now, if due to Google, maybe my information might be wrong, but I was told that it was only six feet square. And that ship is so much bigger, but it's that little rudder that directs the whole ship. Or James also talks about the bit in a horse's mouth. By comparison, that bit is pretty small. But that will direct the horse in the way that the driver or the rider wants it to go. And so taking it up from verse 5 in James chapter 3, the scripture reads, So also the tongue is a small part of the body, yet it boasts of great things. And that's where pride comes in. It's addressing pride there. See how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire? Now think about it. What does it take to start a forest fire? A spark. 
a match that's not completely out. You just throw it out there in the dry forest, and it can ignite and cause such great damage. That's what the tongue can do. Verse 6, and I love this. This is a New American Standard Version of the Bible. Notice verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, the very will of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the whole body or the entire body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. Now, when we look at this passage, we understand several things. Not only does our tongue set the course of our life, it sets it on fire, but we need to determine what's influencing our tongue. Is it heaven or hell? Because this scripture addresses that with the natural man. It's hell that is influencing the tongue, causing great damage and heartache and havoc in the world. And verse 7 goes on to say, For every species of beasts and birds, of reptiles, of creatures of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But what about the tongue? No man can tame it. Verse 8 goes on to say, but no human being can tame the tongue. We're going to pause right there for a moment. No human being can tame the tongue. Okay, we're in trouble. Notice it's no human being, but what about the Spirit of God? What about the Holy Spirit when we surrender to him, when we give our hearts to Jesus, when we give him control of our tongue. See, the the tongue has to be put on the altar as we present it to God. Lord, I'm giving you my voice. I'm giving you my tongue. That the words of my mouth may be acceptable in your sight. Don't just be speaking carelessly, foolishly. Oh, there's one verse I, I, I even, I just thought of now that I completely forgot about. Ephesians, I think it's 439. I know if we can just bring that one up. But, but we'll, we'll read James first. We'll bring that one up where we can. Um, it's, uh, notice it says, it is a restless evil, verse 8, James 3, 8, full of deadly poison. Notice verse 9, with it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the image or likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. You know, I want to share this, and I want you to hear my heart. There are things you will never hear me say, except in the context of this message, okay? (laughs) There are things you'll never hear me say. This is on that kind of list. This dessert is to die for you never hear me say that. No dessert is worth dying for, folks. Now, if you eat enough of it and eat it a, a lot in a long period of time, it could kill you, you know. But it's a slow death, okay? Or this, I think I'm going to be sick. I almost died laughing. Or that kills me. I could just kill him. We're saying these things and we don't realize, oh, it's just a saying. I don't mean that. Well, say what you mean and mean what you say. Matthew, in Matthew, Jesus addressed the careless words. We have to begin to watch those careless words that come out of our mouth because they're very detrimental to our walk. 
You might think they're meaningless, but they're words of death, not words of life. And so we need to be challenged along those lines. As we bring the service to the close, I I, I want to direct you to a passage we see in in Psalms 141.3 and Ephesians 4.29. You can look that one up on your own, okay? I think it's Ephesians 4.29. It says, let no corrupt communication, I'll quote it for you, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth except that which is good for the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. I believe that's Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication. Corrupt communication is communication or words that do not edify others and build them up. It's words that tear them down. But Psalms 141, shifting back to this verse, in Psalms 141, verse 3, it says, Set a guard, O God, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. That is going to be our prayer today as we get things in line with what comes out of our mouth. If you're here today, and and, and I want to share this with you. Um, If you're here today and you've never made a personal commitment of your life to Jesus Christ, you may have gone to church, you may even believe in God, but you've never come to that place where you've completely surrendered and given your heart to Jesus. Maybe you even believe he died for your sins. But what are you going to do with that? Jesus invites us to come to him, to surrender, to receive his forgiveness, to receive his life, to receive his lordship. And it's interesting, even in Romans 10, 9, and 10, how we get saved is determined by what comes out of our mouth. In Romans 10, 9, and 10, it says, because if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord. You confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Notice verse 10. For with the heart one believes and is justified. That's what takes place. And with the mouth he confesses and is saved. So when we talk about the heart and mouth connection, that's how we receive salvation. Do you believe in your heart? that God raised Jesus from the dead? Do you believe that he died for your sins? Then are you willing to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? Because that's how we are saved. That's how we receive salvation. That's how we receive forgiveness of sins. It's believing in the heart and confessing with the mouth. That's how we receive anything from God. If you're here today with nobody looking around, just take a moment and bow your heads. Lift your hand and say, Pastor Matt, would you pray for me? I know my life is not right with God. If I were to die, I'm uncertain that I'd go to heaven. I don't know where I would go. If there's anyone here, we want to pray with you. In a moment, we're going to have the prayer team come up, and they're going to be here to pray with anybody that needs prayer for anything. But especially if you're coming to Christ for the first time and surrendering your heart and life to him, we want you to come and receive. But I'm going to lead you in a prayer at this time. If you would, and everyone can pray this prayer. For those of you that have already committed your hearts to Christ, this prayer will only reinforce your commitment to Him. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I open my heart to You. I believe You sent Jesus to die for my sins. I believe He died on the cross for me. I believe He rose from the dead to give me new life. 
Lord Jesus, forgive me my sins. Come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Jesus, I receive you as my Lord. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, something has transpired in you. Jesus is making you brand new, cleansing your heart, filling you with his life. Hallelujah. We're going to have a moment of worship here, but I want to encourage you because I want to say something about marriage. Just one little brief thing about marriage, if you allow me to. The reason you may have a bad marriage is because of your mouth. The reason you have a, may have a bad marriage is because of your mouth. Now, next Saturday, we're doing a Becoming One conference right here. And uh, this is designed for premarital couples, uh, but also maybe for those that are thinking about marriage, maybe you're just in a dating season of your relationship, but you want to find out more about the commitment of marriage and what that all involves. From 9 to 2 p.m., 9 a.m. to 2 p.m., we're going to be gathered over in the uh, chapel for the academy, and we're going to have a time. Of, and and uh, the cost is $20 per couple that covers meals. And so um, come if you want. If you need more information, you can sign up at the Welcome Center. I want to pray with you what we see here in Psalms 141.3. This is David's prayer, the psalmist's prayer, and we want to pray this prayer as a church family. Repeat after me. Set a watch, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we make this our prayer. Convict us, O God, when we speak things that are contrary to your word. Convict us when we begin to speak things that are producing death. Father, that we would be among those that would speak life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.